Intersection is brought to you by Social Health Institute, exploring new and innovative ways for hospitals and healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategies. Learn more at socialhealthinstitute.com. I don't want to say it was luck, but part of me is kind of like, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Even though I wanted a certain angle, I lucked out getting a totally different shot than what I was expecting. Welcome to Intersection. I am Bobby Ratu, storyteller. Well, you know, Kyle Field's never been known for the quietest place in College Station. And it was probably, this is probably the second time I've ever been on the sidelines for an Aggie game. The first time being Alabama game of last year, which wasn't a quiet game to be on the sidelines. And the Clemson game is probably the loudest I've ever heard Kyle Field get at my time at Texas A&M. So just, um, I've, I guess the best way to put it is just an imagine like sound coming from everywhere loud Aggies screaming like and in my mind I was like okay this is where the Aggies get a touchdown like I have to get this shot I have to get this touchdown that, that may change the game for the Aggies and like my focus was like the Aggies are going to make it this is going to be a touchdown and then you see oh, I can't remember the player's name I know he's number one for Texas A&M you, I sh- to see him running and heading to the corner I was at um near the field goal just I knew that this was my chance to get that shot and get that touchdown. And you see that Clemson player right behind him coming right right at the edge of his heels. And that tackle goes down. It's so close to the touchdown line. And just everyone's going crazy. I know this is it. This is the touchdown. And then it's it's not a touchdown. It's about a yard from the freaking touchdown line. And in my, hot, in my head, I was like, crap, this picture's not going to be anything. It's just... And I look at it, I'm like, okay, this is a cool picture. It's, but it's, you know, it's not the changing of the game. But we are on, you know, this is, could be our chance to make a touchdown. And then the refs call it as a touchback. And then everyone's reviewing. And I'm not going to lie to you, I stopped taking pictures after that play because I was like, this is it. This is, I, I'm too committed to this game and what the Aggies are going to do. I can't, I can't be calm enough right now to continue taking photos. And I honestly did not think anything of that photo until one of my friends was looking at it. And he goes, you should, like, post this picture on Facebook. Like this is, was kind of a really important part of the game. I was like, I know, but the Aggies didn't really win. Like, does it really matter? He's like, of course it matters. So I posted it and he told me to put it public so people could share it. And it just kind of blew up. Davis with another catch. He's got a first down. Did Davis stay on his feet? Headed to the corner. The ball flew out. It looked like it went out of bounds instead of through the end zone, which would be a touchback in Clemson's football. They're saying that it was a fumble through the end zone and a touchback. It was the most controversial call during the second week of college football play in the 2018 season. College Station, Texas is the home of the Texas A&M Aggies, home of the 12th man, and they were hosting the second-ranked Clemson Tigers for a classic ACC and SEC matchup. A critical play as the Aggies were mounting a comeback in front of a home crowd, a run to the corner near the end zone where the ball was stripped, propelling it into the air. Was it out of bounds, or did it fly over the pylon, indicating a touchback? The decision by the officials? Critical. Very critical. Yet, television replay could not provide an adequate view to confirm or deny the call on the field. So it stood. Meet Lizzie Allen, a senior at Texas A&M and a student photojournalist on the field during the game. 
She just so happened to be in the right place at the right time, followed her instincts, and captured the perfect image of a ball flying. There are many intersections inside this story, one that you'll just have to listen to understand. I'm just going to say one thing. Go Tigers! So my name's Applin Allen, but everyone calls me Lizzie because I have a twin sister and our twin names are Lizzie and Lainey. That's a whole long story, but I am an agricultural communications major and journalism major at Texas A&M University. I'm a senior at A&M, a whoop, and uh, I'm actually a fourth generation Aggie, so it's kind of always been my destiny to end up at a and I'm not allowed to say I was brainwashed, but I really was. So, okay. Could you have gone anywhere else? Could you have gone to Texas? So, Could you have gone to Texas Tech? Could you have gone to Rice? I mean, tell me why Texas A&M. So it's, that's actually a really fun story. So I actually toured LSU, Starkville, so Mississippi State. Um, I toured Ohio State. I've been to um, the University of Texas in Austin like multiple times. Uh, <laughs> and then... Also, Rice University, I've been on their campus. And just being there and taking a tour and like seeing, oh, this is what this college does. It's the majors and different things like that. But then growing up and going to Aggie games and always like I can remember ever since I could walk. I was at an Aggie tailgate in an Aggie football game. And even though my parents told me, you can go anywhere, like it's your life. We're not going to put pressure on you. When everyone in your family has an Aggie ring, it's hard not to. And just growing up in that culture and that atmosphere it's hard not wanting to go to A&M since you were already so immersed in the traditions and your family are full of Aggies. I, I knew I was going to A&M. Even though I toured all those colleges, I knew I was going to Texas A&M. Well, do you know the similarities between A&M and Clemson? What's fascinating about both of them is they're both land-grant institutions. Um, both have a core. Obviously, y'all have a, a bigger core um, because it's a part of who you are today. Um, both Clemson and Texas A&M were the top, two of the top three feeders to World War II uh, for uh, cadets. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. And um, so both land-grant institutions. Um, and what's surprising to me is that we have not played more because we're so similar in schools. Obviously, Texas A&M is a lot bigger mm-hmm. than Clemson is. I remember growing up, my mom, she owned all, all maroon, but she did happen to own a this one Clemson jersey. I can't remember it was she went to a Clemson game or when the Aggies played Clemson sometime in the 80s, and she enjoyed the Clemson fans so much that she went out and she got a Clemson sweatshirt, and I'm pretty sure she still has it. That is awesome. Yeah, she's always been a big fan of Clemson, so she was really excited this year that we got to play y'all. In fact, um, her and I were talking about going to the Clemson game in like at Clemson next year. I, I think that would be awesome. I think that would be so much fun. Well, you also mentioned the rings. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how the, the Texas A&M rings are, but the Clemson ring has almost never changed since it was created back in the early 1900s. And it's very, very similar. So it's a very distinguishable ring. Tell me about the Texas A&M ring. Is it something similar in that concept? Yeah. So A&M's, I know A&M, the original design from, I want to say... I know there have been two designs, but the design we have now is probably the same design we've had for the past hundred years. The early design was literally just a very early basic design. And then the Aggie ring now, same way, it 
the design really hasn't changed much and there's not a lot of options. You can either get it gold or you can get it antique gold. Like, and it's kind of the same, you know, um, in Texas, like if you have an Aggie ring, it's everyone, everyone kind of notices that. And it's as an Aggie, you wear your Aggie ring because I don't know. I'm getting my ring Friday. So talking about the Aggie ring is just getting me more excited. So I'm kind of speechless thinking like I get my ring this Friday. That is awesome. I, I remember I graduated in 1997 and when I got my Clemson ring, it was a big deal I, and it felt so big on my hand. And to this day, you know, I 20 some odd years later, I still wear it every day. Um, it's a part, it's gone everywhere with me. Um, I even think as a journalist, I've traveled all over the world and I can tell you everywhere I've have gone, someone has walked up to me and said, you're a Clemson man. And I'm like, absolutely. Cause they, and they showed me their ring. And so that's, that's what I love about these types of institutions is the tradition is so rich. And see, as you were describing that story, I promise you every Aggie who has an Aggie ring has experienced that same thing. And it's just, it's amazing how that one little connection can bring you closer to someone that's you've met maybe five seconds. That's so cool. So tell me, have you always been a photographer? Actually, no. So I actually started really, I guess the best way to put it. So about a year ago, I guess it was a year ago in July, I was looking, well, I guess about two years ago, I was looking for a study abroad to do. And one of my professors was like, hey, you should go to Namibia and do the agricultural leadership and education development study abroad that also does a class in agricultural photography. And I was like, okay, I'll think about it. And then in 2000, July of 2017, off I was on a plane to Namibia with a bunch of people I didn't know and a camera on my back, kind of wondering what the heck I was doing. And I actually learned photography in Namibia, took the photography class there and everything. And I kind of regret not being better at photography then because I look at some of my photos from back then and I'm like, I was in like five feet from a rhino and here I am not knowing how to work this camera, trying to learn it on the spot to get all these photos that do no justice for this great country. So, you know, it's funny how I think some of the best photographers were never really got formal training. Um, you know, they learn, they taught, they're self-taught. Um, I was, I've had a camera in my hand since I was, I think about six years old. Um, I still have every camera I've ever owned. Um, I even collect old cameras. I rebuild old cameras. I even have a box camera that's from the 40s oh, wow. that I put, you know, big, big slide film in and I u- still use. Um, but it's kind of, you know, kind of in my, my passion I, and I love it. And it's always fun to connect with other people that love taking pictures as well. And so, you know, when I, I saw that picture and then I saw you shot with Canon, I was like, oh, she wins again, you know? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I have to dedicate my love of Canon to my two professors who kind of taught me photography or really, they're the reason I'm into photography. They've helped me kind of encourage me to pursue my career. It's Dr. Rutherford and Dr. Redwine. I went, they're the professors I went to Namibia with and they're really like the reason I have anything to do with photography. So tell me, why were you on the field that night? I work for Division of Student Affairs, and I happened to be on the field because one of the other workers was taking, doing video and photography for Division of Student Affairs, and I was just there with my camera, just kind of messing around more than anything, because I'd shot um, the Alabama game the year before, so I told him to take our nice work camera and just do what he wanted to do, and I'd work on the social media post on the iPad, and more of 
the marketing side, I guess, kind of on the social media aspect of things of the game and just kind of keep our fans up to date about what was happening. But also I knew like I wanted to take photos. So I took my personal camera just as like to kind of have fun. And so it was really there working, but not photography working. It was more like social media working. So how, how did you pick that spot? Um, being a photographer, I've been on the field for many different games and if there's one thing, it's all about trying to find a spot and sticking with yes. it. What made you choose that uh, that area of the field? I am very much an angles person. I love fo- photos that just have a strange angle that you wouldn't expect. And I noticed a lot of the photographers were more on the... So I was on the corner, right on the corner of the field, looking down, straight down across the visitor sideline, but kind of more angled, if that makes sense. And it was literally not only was it the only spot that was open because every other photographer was trying to get the same photo, but I was more focused on getting the angle of them running into the end zone or catching a ball into the end zone and like capturing that touchdown moment. So positioning wise, I was trying to get a good angle of where can I grab the end zone, grab the fans behind them and just show like the spirit of this touchdown. And then it ended up not being a touchdown. So I don't want to say it was luck, but part of me is kind of like, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Even though I wanted a certain angle, I lucked out getting a whole totally different shot than what I was expecting. So for people that have not been to a Texas A&M game, I have not. And I almost came, but my daughter's birthday was that weekend. So I don't think my wife would love me leaving that weekend. (laughs) Um, But Describe Texas A&M. What, what is it like at Kyle Field? Oh, we have this saying, and I hope I don't butcher it, but it's um, so from the outside looking in, you can't, you can't understand it. And from the inside looking out, you can't explain it. It's And that's the best way I can think. It's Even as when growing up in the Aggie culture and being a fourth-generation Aggie and both my parents going to A&M, I thought I knew Texas A&M. I thought I knew all their traditions. I thought, yeah, I'm an Aggie, and I haven't even gotten accepted yet. Like, I don't want to say super cocky, but I was an Aggie. And then I got accepted to A&M, and my freshman year was just full of actually understanding what it meant to be an Aggie. So how many many students go to Texas A&M? So right now, I think it's 64,000. Wow. Yeah. And it sounds that just, and every time I say that number and I think about the university I attend, I'm like, it, there's no way it's that many because I feel like I take five steps and I know a face. I know a friend. I know a family member. I know somebody at A&M. Well, that's three times the size of Clemson. Did oh, you wow. know that? I had no idea. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's massive. So also, how many people can fit in Kyle Field? Is it like 107,000 people? I want to say the most we ever had is 110,000, but I think the limit technically is 104,000. Wow. So what made that game so big from your perspective that night? You know, A&M's had a rough year or the rough past years in football. And it's kind of one of those things everyone jokes, yeah, it's tough being an Aggie and during football season. And just finally having a new coach that kind of brought – a new energy to Kyle Field, a new energy for the fans. And like, this was the game that was going to really like show whether A&M was going to make, make a statement this year in football. And even though we lost, I've got to say, I'm really proud of my Aggies and the Aggie spirit that was just in Kyle Field that day. You know, it's, I was listening, you know, watching it from television and I tell you what, the 12th man is, I mean, it's loud. Like I, I was sitting there thinking about like, Y'all just did not stop screaming. No. It was amazing how loud it was that night. 
Yeah, I just I want to say probably one of my favorite games at Texas A&M though, without a doubt, was when we played UCLA and the quarterback Rosenberg said everything sounds the same after fifty thousand fans, and that's one thing you don't tell Aggies. Oh yeah, you know it won't be a big deal. They're yeah, they may be loud, but really, how loud are they? Because we will show you how loud we actually can get. <laughs> Now a quick break to ask you for your help. Did you know Intersection Podcast is part of a network of shows and we're looking for your feedback? We would appreciate your help if you could take a few minutes to fill out a short listener survey. Go to survey.intersectionpodcast.com. That is survey.intersectionpodcast.com. We hope you'll share your experience. Hi there, this is Bobby again. We need your help. If you like Intersection, we'd really appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, please take a moment to leave a review. This is important because it helps others find our show. Thank you so much for your help. So tell me, at that moment when that play happened, let's kind of dissect that a little bit. You know, you know you're standing in the corner and this, this play happens. And, you know, you capture the shot and you're like, it's not a touchdown. What was that time period of the review? And was it just, did it seem like it took forever? Kind of describe all the events that happened from your perspective right after that play happened. So I was in the corner, kind of down on my knees, just really like trying to stay out of the way as the photographers I knew who really probably need that shot more than me. Because like I said, I was just kind of there on my personal camera, just doing photography because I love photography. And, you know, like I said, that if A&M had gotten touchdown, like change the game, like going into overtime, all these different things. And then when I saw like he got tackled and um, the play was called of a touchback, I was like, crap, like this photo is not really going to be anything. Da, da, da. And then as they started reviewing it and as the fans started reacting and the longer I looked at the photo, I was kind of thinking like, you know, this is something here. And like in my head, I was kind of like, okay, I can't take any more photos because as an Aggie fan, as a student, and as like trying to support my boys out in the field, like I was too hyped and had too much energy to like have a camera in my hand anymore. Like, I honestly, I don't know how really to describe it besides the fact I wasn't expecting to get a photo like that, really. I just really wanted to capture the essence of the game and I, I did it. I don't know how, but I did. Do you feel like you got a better shot than the people around you for that play? Honestly, I haven't seen enough of other people's photos from that game, from that exact angle. I think I was lucky in the sense that I was the only photographer that happened to be in that area. The rest of the people beside me were other Aggies who were kind of really hyping me up in the sense that like, oh man, we're Aggies. Like this play is about to happen. Is this about to be a touchdown? And all the other photographers, like I said, were on the right behind the end zone. They weren't on an angle or corner or anything. They were right behind the end zone. So I don't think, I don't think anyone had a chance to get the same angle or shot. What's amazing about that call, and so for your background, I used to work for Clemson football as a student. When I was a student from 92 to 97, and then as a grad student, I worked for football. And I I learned a lot about football during those years, especially we were not that good when I was there. Um, But one of the things about that call that is fascinating to me is when the moment that that ball was stripped, when when it went out of bounds... Or if it stayed in bounds, we, you know, still, I don't think we still know. Um, 
is that it the call on the field was the most crucial. So if it would have been called on the field as out of bounds, it would. Have, I don't think they could have overturned it, and it would have been your ball. And so everybody was waiting to see what the official call on the field was going to be. And the interesting part of what's come out of that is I've seen YouTube videos of mathematicians that are drawing geometric lines to prove or disprove if it was a touchback or not. It has been the funniest thing that has kind of come out of it. I mean, some people think it's funny. Some people are still mad about it. You know, I I think it's fascinating. But what was even more interesting was the video that you posted and I posted the day after was the the skit of the the Clemson guy and the football, I mean, and the Texas A&M guy in court. Did you see that video? Yeah. Yeah. I as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is hilarious. This has to be shared since, and I really post or posted that video or shared that video because there were so many people on my page, um, commenting on the picture I had posted of the game, just like back and forth, arguing this and arguing that. I was like, I really just posted this photo to show friends and family and like, just kind of see what would happen. And it exploded. And there was all this argument on my, on that photo. So I was like, I have to share this video because it's so funny. It's like kind of what's happening on this photo right now. Everyone's arguing, like, what happened? Tell me some of the responses you've gotten. Obviously, you posted on social media. So what were some of the responses that you got? Was it Clemson fans and Texas A&M fans or just people in general? Kind of share a little bit about that. I honestly, so a lot of people that seem to comment, like, I don't want to say we're your Facebook trolls, but you could tell that they were trying to start something. They would be like, oh, yeah, that play was right. Or, oh, no, that play wasn't right. Or, in the end, it doesn't matter because A&M sucks or something like that. And I was just like, wow, I don't think either one, no one realizes that I'm actually an Aggie who posted this photo. Or two, they just, they really want to start something here. When in reality, I don't think anyone realizes that was just a great game and great football was played. And, like, everyone on that field did such a good job just, like, battling it out and just playing good football. So it was just, like, people who you could probably tell, like, they just wanted to start something. Did you post it that night or was it the next day? Tell me when you actually put it up on Facebook. I ended up posting it, I want to say, on a Tuesday or a Monday. Because I, after the Aggie football game, we were just so in, like, in shock of how close we were to beating Clemson. And, you know, Aggies are always going to have a good spirit at the end of a football game, especially if it was a well-played football game. So uh, I want to say I just kind of – I never got around to the photo until I want to say Monday evening where I actually fin- finally had a second to myself where I could stop and, like, edit photos and look through things. And then it, I guess that's when it really hit me that this photo was something. So tell me – describe that. You, you know, you put the media card in your Mac and you're editing and you're kind of f- sifting through them. When it came to that photo – what was it like to see it? Did you relive did you relive it again? And what made you realize this was a good picture? Honestly, it was a lot of people telling me it was a good photo. I'm kind of I'm one of those photographers where I don't think any of my photos are good. And I try so hard. I think there's so many people that I'm around right now in college who are just better photographers than me. But I actually my, I came home Sunday evening from a family thing and my roommates had actually seen the photo before I did. And they didn't tell me. So I came home and I was talking to them about the game and they're like, oh, what photos did you get? And I was like, oh, well, let me show you. And I turned on my camera and I showed it to my roommate, who's actually a way better photographer than I am. She's one of the reasons why I'm into photography and she helps me out all the time. But I showed her the photo and she's like, no way. And she started freaking out. And then my other roommate started freaking out. And then Monday when I was, or maybe Tuesday, whenever this photo started blowing up, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we actually saw the photo before you shared it 
and showed it to us. And we told each other that we have to act excited because it's the best photo ever. And they were, so they were hyped before I even showed them the photo about the photo. And then when I showed them about the photo, they pretended to be hyped again. So it was just their excitement and other people's excitement when I showed them the photo that made me realize like, hey, like, this is a solid photo. I didn't do too bad. <laughs> did, I mean, did people started talking about it on campus? I mean, I know it's a big campus, yeah. but I mean, w- w- was it kind of a buzz for a while? As you know, I had to do livestock photography at a livestock show over the weekend. And my first internship with these girls, I walk in and I introduce myself to an older, I don't want to say she's in her late 30s or early 30s, excuse me. And I was, she was a girl I was working with for the internship and I introduced myself and we're talking. I was like, Oh yeah, I do photography for AM, da, 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 da. I'll be shooting these photos here. And she goes, stop. I was like, excuse me. She's like, yeah, I know who you are. You're Lizzie Allen. You took the Clemson photo. I was like, what? And then she proceeded to like pull up Facebook and show me the photo. And then later I met another photographer I was working with at that livestock show. And while we were talking, she was on her phone scrolling through Facebook and the photo popped up and she's like, is this you? Like what? So I, it's weird. It's weird because I'll be talking to people and all of a sudden they'll be like, hey, isn't this you or, oh, you you took that photo, right? And I just, I'm not, I don't do well with attention or like people asking me things or like giving me credit for things. So I just kind of freeze up and I'm like, er, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so do you think that picture from an Aggie standpoint, is that one you don't want to hang on the wall or is that is that something that you will maybe print yourself and hang up and that'll be a talking point, you know? Does it make your family mad when you bring up that picture? I mean, is it that volatile, that type of topic? Oh, no, 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 you know? no, no. My mom has already asked for a print. My brother wants a print, and he doesn't even go to A&M. He's just, <laughs> he's just a fan. But um, it's funny because in my mind, yeah, we lost that game. Yeah, that was a controversial call. But what a game. What a game for Jimbo. What a start for Jimbo's like career at Texas A&M. What a play. And if and if you've seen Aggie football like I have the past three years, it just it's kind of been rough. It feels like some games AM just like it doesn't want to fight for it. But that Clemson game and that crowd and the twelfth man and just the energy on the field, I'm proud to say like even though we lost that game, we fought in that game and it was a great, great football game. So I'm proud of it. Even though we lost, I'm proud and other Aggies are proud about it. I think I think it shows we're a competitive team in the SEC. We're, we're not a team that you can just go, oh, it's the Aggies, you know? So, the big question. Yes. Are you going to become a professional photographer? <laughs> oh, I would love to. I would love to become a photographer and do it professionally with all my heart. It's just, it's kind of one of those things where there are some great singers in this world, but not everyone's a famous singer, you know? You either make it in photography and you don't. And it's, it's fine either way. I'm going to try to work my butt off and see what happens, but... I'm also going to have to figure out some other things in life and whether I want to do marketing or photography or writing, a whole bunch of things. So it it sounds like you're, do you, are you more on the communication side or are you more on the agricultural educational side? Tell me a little bit about what your career is hoping you're hoping to be. So in my major of agricultural communications and journalism, uh, there's so many different things we learn. So we learn photography, graphic design, broadcasting. Um, there's a magazine we write, write for called The Agri Leader, and that's a class. Like These are all classes that I can take and learn these things. And so my focus within the agricultural communications and journalism major is marketing. I find marketing so interesting. I love marketing research. I love advertisement. It's all really cool to me. And I love how 
And that's kind of where photography's come into play because I love how photos can really capture someone's mind and tell a story for a business. So right now, my focus within it is more marketing, but I do love the journalism side and the writing and expressing yourself and teaching people about agriculture. So right now I'm a little all over the place. And if I was like a freshman or a sophomore, that would be fine. But as a senior in college, I probably should get my act together. Oh, I don't think you have anything to worry about. It sounds like you've got kind of got it pulled it all together. So I think there's some interesting things that are kind of that got me fired up about this interview. Number one is obviously you're a Texas A&M fan, college student, will be college grad. I'm a I'm a two-time Clemson grad. Um, We both love football. Um, We both shoot with cannons. Um, And it's funny. It's almost like you're at the very beginning of where I was in college. And I, as soon as I found out uh, about the picture, I got excited. Um, uh, The funny thing about all this is that the way that I got the picture is my partner sent me a text from a Facebook post. He was like, Hey man, did you see this picture? And so I'm sitting in my office, I think it was Tuesday and I popped it up. I'm like, Oh, this is an awesome picture. I've got to buy this picture. And that's when I sent you a note and I did not realize that y'all were related. Um, yes. some, <laughs> so it, it, tell me the relationship there that y'all, I know that they, there's a ranch down, uh, down the Southern part of Texas. Yeah. So Beeville, Texas is where my aunt lives with her husband and two kids. Um, Brown ranch is what's called. And I believe he's related to her husband. So my, so my aunt and uncle, it's, my mom's sister and her husband. So I think um, me or your partner and I are related by marriage. I think that's how that works. I think so. And he talks about going to the ranch all the time. And his grandfather, you know, used to run the ranch. And, you know, he actually, it's funny. He has sent me old uh, 16 millimeter film to look at to see if I can get it to convert it for him. Oh, yeah, because I want to say my uncle's grandfather or his father were, were actually some was amazing photographer and took a lot of photos on the ranch. And he's actually some of the first photography I can remember as a small kid is seeing up in their home and going like, like, wow, I, these photos are amazing. And that was here on this land. So do you think you're going to come to the game in 2019? Oh, man, honestly. Also, I graduate December 2019. So in my head, I'll still have student price tickets because um, I actually just bought Mississippi State tickets for my mom and I because that was that's been kind of our thing this year and next year as I'm like leaving my time here at Texas A&M is like we want to travel and go to some Aggie games that are outside of Texas because you know she's she's the reason I love Aggie football. I can remember being a little kid and apparently the first like the first time I ever cussed as a little kid was because it was when oh who was Coach Franchoni was coaching Texas A&M and uh, just a bad play was made on. And I remember sitting in my li- our living room and my mom was just cussing up a storm, like furious about this play. And all of a sudden, and she's on the phone with my dad and my dad says like, all of a sudden he heard this little voice in the back, like cu- cussing up a storm too. And my mom just hung up on him and like, she had to take care of that. So I just remember even from being a small kid, like following my mom's lead when it comes to Texas A&M football and her like really like showing me like A&M and loving A&M and coming to love. Aggie football, but I just totally, oh, I know where I'm going with this now. Sorry. But 
she's the one who's really pushing the Clemson game because, like I told you earlier, she's a Clemson fan to an extent. Unless the Aggies are playing, then obviously she can't root against her Aggies. But she's really pushing, yeah, going to the Clemson game. So I might do it for her because she's probably one of the best road trip people I can think of. So, yeah, we'll we'll probably end up going to the Clemson game just because I know she really wants to. Well, I want you to know if you do come to the Clemson game, we have to meet. Yes, sir. And there's a reason why. Uh, so you're a twin, right? Yes, sir. All right. So I'm sending you a text right now, a picture of my twins. The only struggle is my twin sister. She's she's 4.0, I think four semesters in a row at Texas A&M, English major, smart, works for George Bush Library, just like an overall great person. But um. She is not a football fan. In fact, she doesn't even have a sports past. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, you're a twin. I have twin boys and a daughter. And you'll if you see the picture, they they have helmets on because they had to wear corrective helmets. So we painted them as Clemson football helmets. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh. This is wonderful. Well, Lizzie, it's been great to chat with you. Um, this has been so much fun. So I I am purchasing a picture from you, and I cannot wait to get it. So you're going to sign it for me, right? Yes, sir. I, you will have my signature and probably some thanks and gigum class 2019 going on on the picture. You do whatever you want to on it. I'm super excited, and I, I want you to make sure you put a return address on there because I'm going to send you something Clemson back if that's okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Well, thank you so much. And um, so I have one last question. Is there some sort of Aggie call or song or anything you want to leave us with before we get off this interview? You know, I regret not starting this interview with Howdy. I can't remember if I did it or not because that's a very Aggie thing. And then my mom says it's not. It's a new Army thing because no one said it when she was at A&M in the 80s. But... A lot of Aggies end everything with thanks and gigum, and then the Ag- like the audience or another Aggie replies like gigum. So that's kind of a little Aggie thing that we like to end things with. Well, how about this? Let's do it. You do it. I'll say, is it gigum? Yeah. So I say thanks and gigum, and then you do gigum. Well, I'll also end it with something from me as well. Does that sound good? Perfect. All right, do it. Start. Perfect. Let's do it. Okay. Thanks and gigum. Gigum and go Tigers. Hey. Woo. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and exploration. Most importantly, the many intersections inside the world of storytelling. Intersection is powered by the Touchpoint Media Network, a podcast dedicated to discussions on all things healthcare. Go to touchpoint.health for many other podcasts exploring digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, CIO and technology strategies, the challenges of the online physician, the power of the e-patient, and most importantly, the power of storytelling. To learn more, go to touchpoint.health. That is touchpoint.health.